Let's pray. Lord, we give you praise for all that is accomplished in your name and by the power of your spirit. We take none of the credit, but we, Lord, we love the joy of watching you work. And Lord, we just want to be where you're working so that one day we might hear from you, Lord, each one as a church. Well done. So Lord, encourage our hearts to be bold, to be about the gospel, to be faithful in the time and place that you have put us. In Jesus' name, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. Paul was talking in particular about the ministry that God had given him, but he's including all of us because if you belong to Jesus Christ, Jesus is your personal Savior, you have ministry. It's not that, you know, you, you get saved and then maybe you feel like being a faithful Christian later, you go to seminary and then you get in the ministry. No, no. Every one of us are called to be ambassadors for Christ. What is this ministry? In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, we have this ministry of the aroma of Christ. To some people, as you're sharing the gospel, it's encouraging. It's like life. It draws them. To other people, it's the aroma of death. It repels them. Why? Because they don't want God in their heart. They don't want God in their life. Who receives Christ is not our business. Our business is to be faithful, sharing the gospel. Like Jesus said, like a sower that goes out to sow, looking for every opportunity. Every believer, as we walk with the Lord, is sensitive and looking for the opportunities. And the joy is not just those that receive Jesus. One of the greatest joys of my last trip was to spend time with my cousin Ray and have God open his heart to share the gospel with him. I don't know how God's going to use that. I trust it's going to be for his glory and and Ray comes to know Jesus. But the joy is just sharing the gospel. And that just not for pastors and elders. That's for every believer to be a part of what God is doing. All the ministries that you see, we're not the things that the, the elders felt, thought up so we could have something for you to do. We don't do that. It's believers with their own individual calling and giftedness to say, hey, we'd like to... We think we can reach people with this opportunity. We can reach people with this platform. FCA, what a blessing to see those this year, right? Aaron and Stacy and uh, Fisher about to leave to go to the Philippines again. Aaron got saved as a junior in high school in this church, reaching the world. And, and that goes over and over again, the way this church is reaching around the globe. And I'm not doing that. That's not some kind of vision that I have or the elders have. In fact, there are books written about how to be a visionary for God. Listen, I'll tell you something. God's got a big enough vision. Our challenge is just try to keep up with him. That's always our challenge every year. And every fall, I feel like this big, amazing wave is coming as students come back to Laramie. And I think, what is the potential this year for an amazing harvest for Jesus Christ? This ministry, he says in chapter 3, that we are ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. In chapter 3, verse 7, he says, it's not the ministry of death, that's the old law, that's the old covenant engraved on stone, and that came with glory, didn't it? Because every time Moses would go talk to God, he'd come back out, and his face would be reflecting the glory of God. 
So the Bible says there in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that he put a veil over his face because they weren't listening. They just kept looking at his face about when the glow was going to go away. He said in the same way, when the law is read to the Jews, there's still a veil over their, over their heart. But he said, when one turns to Christ, the veil is taken away. Well, how does that happen? It's by the gospel. The Bible says, it goes on further in that chapter 3, to say that it's the ministry of righteousness. Whereas where, where we get to be a part of making people right with God. It's the ministry of glory. That we all with an unveiled face as we look into the face of Jesus are being changed into his image. So as you walk with him you have more and more opportunity to be like him. And to speak boldly for him. And in chapter 5 he says it's the ministry of Reconciliation. As though Christ were speaking through us, be reconciled to God. That's how God wants to use us. It's not about our message. It's about the message of the cross. He goes on to say there in 5, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. So as ambassadors, you go back to chapter 4, verse 2, we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. As an ambassador, every one of us are ambassadors. The question is, are you a good ambassador or are you a bad ambassador? A good ambassador doesn't change the message. Even though the message might not be received, maybe you think, well, if I change the message a little bit, maybe you don't talk about sin. Maybe we just kind of dress it up. Jesus would just want you to say this prayer. And you change the message, it's no longer the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes. So our responsibility, our opportunity is just to bring the simple message of the gospel to the world around us. Somebody might say, well, what's your focus group? Our focus group is lost people. If you look around this church, you're gonna see people from every different kind of walk of life. We don't change the message because the power is in the message. If you change it, it's no longer the powerful message. The next verse, he says, if our gospel is being veiled, it is veiled to those that are perishing. It may be scary. What is the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, for the sin of all mankind, everyone needs that relationship with Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried. And from death, he rose again the third day. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. That everyone that's ever born needs to submit their lives to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 5, that God commissioned him to bring about the obedience of faith that's part of discipleship. Jesus' command was go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. He said, if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those that are perishing. And then the next verse says, and you're just helping Satan out because he, he's already blinded their minds. Why would you want to somehow veil the gospel from its power? Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and his salvation. The word power there is dunamis, just like the dynamite. 
just share the gospel and see what Jesus Christ might do. Then he says in the next verse, for we do not preach ourselves. I'll tell you that, I'll lift a great burden off your shoulders. I'm not telling you, church, something you haven't heard before because this is one of the strings on our three-string banjo. You know, it probably didn't have that many. It's not about us. And that's why when it comes to style or focus groups, we preach Christ. Reaching every man, teaching every man that we might present every man perfect. In Isaiah 61, the prophet said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. This is the passage that Jesus quoted and said, this is the fulfillment this day as he was in his hometown in Nazareth. To bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, giving them garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. See, what the Lord wants for our account is fruit that remains. That's the planting of the Lord. And the only way to get the planting of the Lord is you don't change the gospel. That you unashamedly just share the gospel. You know who's ashamed of the gospel? It's not the world. They don't care about the gospel. It's believers that somehow think they can do it better than God. Or they want to put a style to it. Say, well, we got cowboy church because, you know, cowboys won't go to a regular church. So we just have to meet in a barn. I don't care where you meet. The point is you better get to the gospel. But you know a way to fulfill that? So, well, the, the Harley guys, they won't come to a church. Or you, you have your own kind of guy in mind. They won't ever come to a church. You know how you fulfill that? Don't ever invite them. And then you can say, see, they never come to our church. But I will tell you this. We don't know who God's dealing with. And if you invite them like Andrew did, Andrew did to Nathaniel, Nathaniel, he invited, come and see the Lord, meet him. We think we found the Messiah. Bah. What good can come out of Nazareth? You know what Andrew said? Why don't you come and see? Come and see. Because the gospel makes all the difference in the world. But our desire isn't to plant disciples for ourselves. It is to plant the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. He goes on to say, for God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The next verse says, and we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Every believer has that power, that ex nihilo creative power of the gospel. That God said, let there be light. You share the gospel, then when the Holy Spirit shines the light in that heart, they wake up and they see Jesus for who he is. And when they turn to him, he takes the veil away. Goes on to say in verse 13, but having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. If you believe what the Bible says about lost people, there's no hope for them outside of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's only one way. And without Christ, they'll be lost for eternity. Do you believe that? 
If you believe that and you found Christ, what do you do? You speak. You look for opportunity. And you don't look at yourself and say, well, I don't know if I can talk good enough. You don't have to talk good enough. You just have to know that Jesus died on the cross for their sin. And he rose again the third day. And they need that Savior. What is the message of the ambassador? The last verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, For we preach Christ. He who knew no sin became sin on our, on our behalf so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's the gospel. The good news that he's not holding anybody's sin against them if they come to the cross because he's already paid the payment. And so every time we gather at the table, we remember him because we're reminded on a regular basis that all that we have as believers, all that we're ever gonna have in glory is because he died for us. Father, we thank you for this time of remembrance. We thank you for the message of the apostle. Lord, this is not about us. It's about this amazing, powerful gospel that you've given into our hands to be a part of what you're doing in turning lost people to themselves. And Father, we desire a great harvest this year. Lord, use us. Give us boldness to just speak clearly the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. It is our tradition.